Witch Witch Podcast. I'm Galena. I'm Lyra. Welcome to the darkness. Alright, so what are we talking about today, sister of mine? Today we have some news. We finally sent out the giveaway package. <laughs> That's right, that Yule giveaway <laughs> that we were supposed to have shipped out back in December. Do you remember when we said, so they'll have it in time for Christmas? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yep. Yeah, was, the plan was we to said. end our giveaway, what was it, like the 12th, announce it on the 15th, and ship it out by like the We were 16th? hoping to, to ship it out by the 15th, actually. Is that what it was? I thought so. I it's might been be wrong. so long ago. It's been, it's been two months. whole years. <laughs> Six months, two years, and seven days. <laughs> I like how six months came before two years. Well, I had already had six months and then you said two years. I was like, you know what? That sounds more dramatic. Let me just mix it up. Especially for our international people who we do dates differently anyway. So let me just fuck them right up. Anywho. um, Turns out customs are complicated and weird. Uh, We kept looking things up to find out what we could and couldn't send. And every site had a different idea. Idea, plant matter. Yeah. Anything combustible. Which And like plant matter is like half of it. Like fuck, well probably not half. Well if you talk to a customs agent like I was and they kept asking me is there anything flammable. I was like well there's incense. I was like but I mean there's nothing like matches or anything. And there's a literal goddamn poster in the post office that has the things you can't put in it. Like fuel. Why would you put butane? Okay, no, hold on. Let's back up. Because remember at some point I was like, this lighter's pretty. Do you think we can send that or is that illegal? It would have been illegal. It would have been illegal. But I'm just saying, like, you can't can't be like, why would you? Because I was gonna. Well, this was just like canisters of fuel. Okay. And like kerosene. I mean, how's that shit supposed to get somewhere, though? You put it on a fucking truck. All right. Anyhow. Anyways, so. Truck to Ireland. (laughs) Anyways. They asked me if anything and it was combustible, and I laughed and said, well, you know, at a certain temperature, everything's combustible. Why would you do that? <laughs> because I'm me. Remember the last time we went through customs? <clears throat> Why did we decide it was a good idea for you to ship this alone? <laughs> I don't know. It took me about an hour and a half. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because before I went in, I wrapped it up with really pretty galaxy duct tape. Yeah. All over. Oh, don't get excited. Oh, no. They cut through it. Well, we had to rip it off. Oh, why? Because they had to see what was in it. And then I had to declare what was in it. Yeah. And fill out all that ridiculous paperwork. Um, So I got through the first page of paperwork, which is basically putting my name, which whoever... I was going to say whoever. We announced who won. Banshee the Pink Asylum now knows my real name and address, so... Hope she keeps that on the down low. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I definitely just outed that she's from Ireland in case that's something she was hoping to keep driving. Well, we didn't say exactly what city she's in. That's true. I think she's safe. Ireland's a fairly large place. (laughs) I just... I guess. I mean, in relation to the United States, It's just so big here! (laughs) But I mean, most of us came from Ireland. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. So if you think about it, Ireland is huge (laughs) if you go by the descendants from Ireland. Anyways, um, they told me I had to list every single thing that was going to be in it. So I started listing it. They only gave you five slots. Oh, no. There are so many things. Yeah. 
Oh, and the customs lady, she, she, she took it all in stride. I outed myself in a post office. I just don't know how you would have avoided it. Well, because she's like, well, what's in the package? So I had to pull it all out. Yeah. And show her. Uh, I was like, well, these are tarot cards. This is an altar cloth. She's like, altar cloth? I was like, yeah, you know, (laughs) for your altar. (laughs) And and she's like, okay. And then, like, she picks up the package of, like, well, I guess I'm just going to reveal half the stuff that's in it. But she picked up the package of black salt. She's like, what's this? I was like, black salt. She's like, why would you need black salt? (laughs) So I told her. And she's like, "Uh uh-huh. She's like, she's like, what is all this for? I was like, well, it's, it's witch stuff. (laughs) People also cook with black salt, can Not I say? Not that black salt. That's more of like... Well, no, I mean, they do. It gives things a sulfury taste. Okay. I'm sorry, who here has watched literally thousands of hours of cooking shows? Well, like, Himalayan black salt? Yes, but that's not Himalayan black salt. No, it's just regular black salt. It doesn't have to be... Himalayan black salt's just salt from the Himalayans that has been blackened. Yes. It's the same. Anyway. Anyways, let's not get into this. <laughs> we'll this, argue about this, this later. I'm going to call all meat protein. Oh um, my god! <laughs> Off my dick! It's creepy and weird. How is it creepy? It is protein. We're Stop. all protein. Stop. Protein. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh, a cat spilled something in the kitchen. <laughs> I'll clean that up later. Um, but anyways, so finally got it all packed up. And I had to buy some clear packing tape there. Aw, sad face. Yeah. I was worried about the duct tape actually sticking because it did kind of pull away a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of old in there. Yeah. So it's it's covered in clear stuff. And the box looks like it's been through hell because... It has. I ripped off a whole bunch of the box taking off the duct tape. (laughs) This is going to look so janky. It does. It looks so... You know what? No, it looks like something we would send. That's fair. I mean, if you listen to us, <laughs> you know what to expect, I guess. It just, it... We'll make the next one prettier. Banshee, I'm so sorry. For everything. But, as of right now, it has left the Chicago International Shipping Facility. Nice. So, hopefully, next stop is fucking Ireland. Because it's been moving through this facility to that facility to this facility for, like, five days now. Ugh. Yeah. That seems weird. Well, yeah, five days. I've sent it on Monday. Yeah. <sighs> but it that's finally on the way. So, awesome. you know, just a couple months late. Oh, wait. No, my favorite part. Didn't they have to put it down as, like, witch stuff assorted? Yes. <laughs> because there were so many witch items. This is basically the layout of the customs form. Cakes and candies assorted. Because we sent some snacks. Incense assorted. Because I figured, you know, some of the stuff is incense. Well, you know what? There was actually quite a bit of incense Yeah, in we there. sent some incense. Um, book. Because there was only one book. <laughs> um, we talked a lot about, each of us talked a lot about what books we might want to send. And then the end sage is the only one who put a book in the box. <laughs> Something else. And then witch stuff assorted. I love that. <laughs> That's just how I'm gonna label my life. I might have put tarot cards. I think I put. Tar- As like I think a I put books, book tarot cards. Like I was about to be like a sarcastic bitch and put seventy two. 
<laughs> but they wanted weights and like so I'm adding this up and the lady's like what are you doing and I was like it says it wants the weight she's like we'll just weigh it and we'll put down the weight good and then she's like what do you think the monetary value of this is I'm like I don't know my god I, I wouldn't even know how to begin to we bought all that stuff so long ago and like staggered over time <laughs> but you know it was a very sizable giveaway yeah, it, it really was a fair size, mm-hmm. by the end especially. So we felt bad, so we threw in all the, yeah. all the snacks. We we put in a lot of snacks that you can't really get in Europe. Wait, hold on, let me clear that up. They're snacks that I googled <laughs> whether or not you could get them in Europe. And this these are the snacks. The snacks we sent are what, what Google and uh, a couple people in, like, candy giveaways and things like, like uh, gift exchange things with people in the UK said that people in the UK want. I was also told by Google that they don't like Hershey's chocolate in the UK, which is nuts to me. To be fair, I've never had their chocolate, so I can't I mean, it's make like Cadbury fair chocolate. Cadbury chocolate's good. I've had German chocolate. It's really good. I like Cadbury, and I like the, what is it, the Milka bars? Mm-hmm. What's that stuff that I buy from the German grocery store all It tastes the time? very, like, buttery, which is fine. It's good, but that's not what I want for my chocolate. I want it to taste kind of bitter. And not that Hershey's really tastes bitter. I don't know what to tell you then, man. <laughs> Just your American candy. I like a lot of American stuff. So, to be fair, I was raised here. I was going to say, luckily you're in America yeah. and you can eat some American stuff. It's good. Um, <laughs> anyways, package sent. Finally. We don't want to say everything that's in it because we don't want to reveal that before they receive it. I'm also going to be honest, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember what all's in it. Well, considering I packed it three times, I remember a little bit. <laughs> like, I remember some of it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we got tracking, and I keep refreshing it. Because I was going to sign up for the texting thing. I was like, oh god, what if you can only put in one text number, and I don't want them to not be able to get texts. So no way you'd be able to put, you'd only be able to put in one text know. number. I don't know. I have anxiety, okay? That's fair. <laughs> Oof. Anyways. Do we have anything else? We have a We have a shout out. Oh, yeah. We have a shout-out. This is late in the episode. <laughs> We're a shout-out. Well, let's get to it. We have one shout-out. <laughs> we have one whole shout-out. It's because, because I haven't... Oh, my gosh. I was gonna... I was gonna comp this one. Because, um, I, Lyra, I usually, uh, contact people through Insta and... Tw- oh, my God. You know what? There's people that have, like, mentioned us on Twitter that I haven't contacted. And that's been in, like, two or three episodes. <clears throat> uh, so I'm gonna have to do that. I usually go through, and uh, before we record an episode, like hopefully the day before, sometimes a few hours before, uh, I go through and I ask people if it's okay to mention them. And I've been a little under the weather these past couple of days, so I've ju- I've done jack all. Like, and that's mm-hmm. not just for the podcast; that's in life. <laughs> True. All I've been doing is watching a show. I'm into a new anime, and I'm not going to talk about it, or else I will never, ever stop. (laughs) Anyway. That's funny. I just haven't been excited about an anime in, like, a really long time. It's okay. You're allowed to be excited about anime. Thank you. That's not what you used to say. I've grown. (laughs) In both mental stature and body width. (laughs) Same. (laughs) 
Uh, anything else we want to get through in the intro? Because I feel like we've been doing the intro for a yeah, while. Yeah, it's been a bit. It's been a bit. It's been a um, minute. The shout out <clears throat> is Saren underscore Knox. Right, because we still hadn't done that yet. Yeah, because somebody keeps interrupting. Sorry. <laughs> I'm the worst. Um, but yeah, no, that's basically most of our intro. I have some celestial updates. That's right. A uh, good friend of the show, Mother of Legion. Always keeps me updated with what's going on in the stars, which is great because I am too lazy to actually look it up myself. Uh, and here are some things coming for March. Disclaimer, I don't know if these will affect you in the Southern Hemisphere. Oh yeah, I don't so, know. Is it different? I don't know. Their, you know, their seasons are different. <laughs> Don't talk to me. Please just continue. So maybe the reverse <clears throat> is true for you. I don't know. Um, you know, okay, like but... inverted tarot cards. Stop. You're being offensive. <laughs> <coughs> anyway. Anyways, March 7th. The new astrological year starts at sunset. Uh, it's the most powerful day according to ancient times. Uh, the strongest energies to meditate, pray, or make wishes um, is right then. Same, similar, sim- what? Oh, I thought you were looking at me. I'm sorry. Oh my similar- God. <laughs> sim- <is> so hostile. <laughs> similar energies recur on the 14th. Um, and that's the first <clears throat> quarter moon before the screen, the, the screen. Equinox yep. is what I almost <laughs> Spring said. Equinox. The spring equinox. <laughs> which I don't have my planner in front of me. But I believe the twentieth is Ostara. I don't even think I've written that down on my planner. I'm better than you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't bring my planner home though. <laughs> <laughs> One of her comments is, most of March is not good to start anything new. Because Mercury is going to be going into retrograde on the 5th. Um, around that date, you'll have higher chances of being misled or lied to. So watch out for that. Don't trust anything Lyra says to you on the 5th. I mean, that's just a good rule of thumb. <laughs> in general. March 16th is a good day for spiritual work. And self-care. So mark it in your calendars now. Call off work. Don't talk to anybody. I mean, it's right after the Ides of March, so that makes sense. The Ides are the 15th. Yeah. Fight me. I'm not going to fight you. I was getting ready to say something, but it's also St. Patty's Day. Is it? Yeah. That's self-care in its own. I know. Uh, I do want to go ahead and mention, we have a very... Oh, wait, no. 17th. Is St. Patty's. Oh. I had already looked down at the next one. Sorry, no. We, so, you know, take care of yourself, have a spa day, and then get drunk the next day. In the U.S., we have a very offensive observance of St. Patrick's Day. To be fair, it's mostly Irish Americans. I mean, that's true. I feel like for, for like, the Irish immigrants and their families, it was, like, their last, their last real, tie real tie. The, the homeland. Woo! <laughs> Woo, our recording apparatus started to slip. Sorry, guys, you may have heard some scooting noises. 
you know, it's it's one of those days where we like to get real drunk and be gross Americans. That's and apparently true. everyone's Irish on St. Paddy's Day. St. Paddy's. St. Paddy's Day. Um, yeah, I mean, that's true. To be fair, every American decides that they're of Mexican descent on uh, Cinco de Mayo, yeah. so we're just real shitty people over here. Any excuse to get really <clears throat> drunk and eat a lot of food. That's true. We just we really like those drinking holidays. We do. Mine is all of December. <laughs> <laughs> um, Any see. holiday can be a drinking holiday if you try hard enough. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, wine goes with coffee. So does rum. <laughs> does wine go with coffee? No, I'm fighting you on this. I don't think wine goes with coffee. Depends on the type of coffee. Mm. Choco vines would go great in coffee. You don't like Choco. Nobody in their right mind likes Choco vines. It is liquored up you who. My husband loves Choco vine. <laughs> that poor diabetic bastard. I know. Um, let's see. March 17th is a good day for spirit, spiritual work and making heart talismans. You know, drinking. <laughs> for courage, fighting fear, anxiety, melancholy. Melancholy. Yeah. <laughs> Just a melancholy. whole colony. For leadership abilities and actual heart health. Gonna start a cult. Yes. It's called the Melon Cult. Mm-hmm. The Melon. We eat nothing but melon. And we're just sad all the time. <laughs> we eat melon and we listen to The Cure. Watch on, on nothing but Les Mis. <laughs> I've already lived that life. Les Mis and The Crow. <laughs> they go together. <laughs> as well as coffee. As well as coffee. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm gonna recharge my charms jewelry Sorry and my protection jewelry. I know it didn't sound pretty. I have I have terrible lungs. <laughs> so this would be a good time if you have anything you wear daily to charm it. Uh, March nineteenth is a good day for esoteric work and receiving downloads. Downloads. Like, uh, is it a good day for online piracy? Yes. Cool. Let's get back into that. <laughs> March 20th is a great day for ritual since it is the full moon. And also... <laughs> I said moon, didn't I? It sounded like you said moan. Go ahead. I'm so sorry. That one could have just slipped under the radar. I couldn't stop the laughing. You know, I think I did say it like moan. It's for the full moon. And it was... Anyways, that day we're going to do an int- intuition and psychic ability increasing spell. I've already ruined this episode. From the Moon Spells book I've been talking about by <coughs> Diane Alquist. Uh, the 28th of March is a good day for philosophical and spiritual studies and receiving... It says receiving downloads again. I think I might have self, <laughs> like auto-corrected it by accident to something else. We will have to check the source material. <laughs> And March 29th, the moon enters uh, clairvoyant degrees in Capricorn, which is good for developing intuition. So, by the time the 29th rolls around, the spell should have matured if you guys want to do the spell with me. Nice. Let me know. I will (laughs) maybe share it with you. (laughs) All right, because we sure have it, have we? Yeah. But we, I mean, when's our next episode? Because today is the, what, the second? Well, I mean, it's going to be published on the First, third. First, second, third. Well, we're going to publish it on the second. Today is the second. Oh, right. Slow it's past midnight. Roll. Don't talk to me. 
Anyways, I'm going to turn this uh, back over to Lyra, and she's going to do her segment. Alright, and jumping back in uh, to my segment, which we're going to do, well, I am going to do a uh, herbal segment on allspice. Um, I'm, I've done one on, I believe I did the uh, Four Thieves Vinegar, and I know I've talked about... Um, aloe vera, but I don't know if I did a full segment on aloe vera or not. I don't remember if I just mentioned it or if I did a full segment. I'll have to listen back to episodes, or if someone out there remembers and wants to save me some time, message us. <laughs> Let us know. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do the warnings first uh, for allspice. Um, so because it can be kind of uh, irritating to soft tissues and... Um, such things. It's not really recommended for use for pregnant or breastfeeding uh, people, and um, it's not safe for people with or at a high risk for cancer because allspice shares some uh, genetics with plants that lower the effectiveness of certain medications that are uh, used to treat or um, slow the progress of cancer. Um, it can be irritating to mucous membranes and soft tissues, as I said. Um, <laughs> this one I'm gonna I'm gonna just preface with maybe don't eat any essential oils. That's probably a really good <laughs> lesson. They're just they're so condensed. You don't know you don't know how badly they're going to affect you. Um, but consuming more than five milliliters of the essential oil can cause uh, toxicity, like vomiting, nausea, uh, central nervous system depression. Death. Uh, and or convulsions. I mean, in, in some extreme cases, yeah, death. Um, don't use if you have chronic gastrointestinal conditions. Jesus. Uh, which, you know, again, because it's, it's irritating. Mm -hmm. um, such as reflux, uh, ulcers. This really long word that I, I wrote out. Or colitis. <laughs> Diverticulitis? Yes, diverticulitis. Thank you. <laughs> Pre-med, everybody. Whoop, whoop. It, Galena was, not... <laughs> I'm, I did, like, all in all, considering all the work I did, maybe half a year of college. <laughs> no. Nothing even close to pre-med. Um, it is commonly known as allspice. That's the most common uh, name you'll find it under. Um, the Latin is pimenta diosa? Dioca? I don't know when to pronounce C as an S or a C yeah, <laughs> when it comes to Latin pronunciations. Um, other things it's commonly known as is pimenta. Um, Jamakia or Jamasia pimenta. Myrtle pepper. Turkish yenabahar. Uh, sorry. And new spice. Um, the reason it's called things like new spice and allspice is apparently because... Uh, let me think of what they're called. Colonizers. <laughs> uh, tasted it from local uh, people in like mo tropical climates. Uh, when I was reading up on it, it seemed to mostly be centered around South America. So I believe it may have started in South America. But I, mm -hmm. I don't know. There could have also been uh, examples of it in other tropical climates. Um but when, basically, when white people got a hold of it, they were like, huh, this tastes like a lot of spice. <laughs> so let's, I'm going to call it all, all spice. spice. 
because it is all of the spices and they're not right about that but anyway <laughs> um it the plant only produces the spice in tropical climates it grows from a specific type of evergreen um i don't know why i haven't written down the name here but we'll get back to that sometime i guess uh, a few of the things that the plant can contain, this is something that's important for you to know in case it's something that you already take and don't want an overdose of, <laughs> uh, something that could interfere with medications you're taking or will take in the future, something you're allergic to, blah, 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 you know, you get the idea. Uh, th and this is just an example. This is something I, I in my grimoire page, um, so these are the things that I, I tend to write down because I think it's... Uh, important information to have in case you ever want to start making a salve or something with with any of the uh, herbs or spices or other plant matter. Um, it's a good idea to have the ingredients found in it and important warnings. Um, anyway, it contains beta-carotene, uh, vitamins A, B1, B2, and C, niacin, thiamine, and riboflavin, uh, it contains the minerals iron, potassium, magnesium, selenium, and manganese. Manganese? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for magical uses, uh, it is specialized in healing. It can be used to attract, attract money and luck. It is associated with fire and Mars. Um, if you use the... Uh, gender binary associations in your magic. It is uh, associated with masculine uh, worships. It is considered to uplift and increase energy. You can burn it to attract money. You can add seeds to a sachet and carry it around to earn or to bring money to you. And you can carry it around in something symbolic like a purse or a wallet. Um, medical uses are it is a now all of these are going to be like slight. <laughs> it's a slight antioxidant, anesthetic, and antiseptic. Uh, it can be used and has historically been used to fight fungal and yeast infections. Um, so it, I bet since it kind of burns, they thought that... Yeah. Well, I mean, it. when I do the medical uses, I make sure that I'm not just taking it from magical sources. I, I look into case studies. Okay. It has been found in, in uh, like... On physical bodies and as well as in a petri dish because things can react differently in those two settings to fight fungal infections okay I, I make sure I got facts okay. <laughs> um, now uh, obviously if you have um, the certain uh, you know like digestive issues that I, I talked about earlier it's not going to help but the same way a lot of um, spicier or herbs that, that create like a heat uh, in flavor, uh, can help with things like flatulence and upset stomach and things like that. This, this can be used for those, um, diarrhea, uh, stomach ache, colic, um, indigestion. Uh, mostly it, it helps with aiding, uh, gas and, um, gas expulsion. <laughs> yeah. And the way, <laughs> the way it was phrased in some of the research that I was looking through it seems to just sort of help you get stuff out of your body. <laughs> so, which is also why it's not good if you have chronic issues. Because you don't, you don't want that. Uh, it has been known, well, it is believed to increase appetite. Um, you, it can be used topically uh, for the heating properties. Um, for things like uh, chest infections or croup, the same way we use like 
I was gonna say croup salve, but that's that's a family thing. Uh, the McNess <laughs> mentholated yes. ointment. Oh, I love that um, stuff so much because it heats and cools. It's very nice. Uh, if anybody out there has used McNess, I don't know. Shout out. <laughs> shout out to McNess. It's an old person thing, so not a whole lot of people really know it. Um, Stocking stuffers, man. So I'm thinking about this year. Ooh, that's so good. I was think I was literally thinking about just buying a whole crate of it. Uh, where was I? It can be help. Uh, it can help get rid of bruises, just because it it does create heat. It brings um, attention <laughs> to that area in your body, so it it sort of Probably draws blood, blood to the blood. yeah, mm-hmm. sort of draws blood to the surface to help carry away the old blood and get rid of all that stuff. Um, it can be applied topically for arth- uh, arthritis, rheumatism, muscle aches, and pains, obviously for the heating sensation. Um, it is an herbal remedy for flu, cold, fever, menstrual cramps, and bleeding. Um, I, once again, I think that's mostly due to the, the sort of heating feel because it it's sort of soothing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, with a lot of the stuff that I've researched for my grim. Um, there is a lot of inconclusive studies as, about it possibly helping diabetes. And like I said, that's what the, like everything that I've done a page on so far has been studied in relation to diabetes. And it's sort of anecdotal, you know, like they've seen people's blood sugar be more easily controllable, but there's not enough evidence there to say it's specifically mm. this thing, you know. But if you have a hard time controlling your blood sugar and you want to try it, allspice might be for you. Cinnamon's a good one for yeah, that's blood true. sugars. Um, the essential oils are also often used to treat uh, nervous system issues. So the fact that the essential oil can cause damage to the, the nervous system, but it's also been used to treat nervous system issues... I think it's probably a matter of balancing it out correctly. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even, dosage. yeah, I wouldn't even know where to begin with that. Um, and I'm not gonna say don't trust herbalists, but Just make sure they're they're certified, and yes, accredited. Make sure that you have not just spoken to their patients, but you've spoken to people they've studied under. You know, it it doesn't have to be anything special. You can send an email. Um, Make sure you check somebody out first, because there's a lot of herbalists out there that are just out there to take advantage of people and and make money. Um, And it's not, at least in the U.S., it's not very heavily regulated uh, herbal treatments. So you really have to be careful, because sometimes it can really cause damage. And listen, if you're seeing a naturalist or an herbalist and they're telling you not to go see your doctor... That's a red flag, and while I, I'm not saying that you have to stop seeing that person, I would Probably highly recommend a it. a good idea. Yeah. Um, any, anybody who claims to be a healthcare professional of any sort and tells you that you should not be talking to your doctor might not be the most trustworthy person. Now, that's not saying, you know, trust your doctor 100%. Sometimes doctors are wrong, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you tend to be on the he- the heavier side. They like to blame things on you being fat rather than do any investigation. <laughs> and also, women and people of color, doctors tend to act like you don't feel pain the way you think you do. Yeah. Um, so it it's... You just gotta know... <laughs> Who you're, who you're dealing with. Do your research on your doctors. Do your research on your herbalists, your naturalists. Anybody. However, if you talk about having a pain in your upper bot, like your upper thorax, they 100% believe that your fat ass is having a heart attack no matter how many times you tell them you're having an anxiety attack. 
I know. <laughs> Anywho, um, if you do look into uh, harvesting allspice yourself, once again, it's it is a tropical plant, so you have to be in that region. Um, but it is dark and shiny oval-shaped leaves uh, that sort of come to a tapered point. Um, they are a lighter green underneath, and it has these little white or yellow flowers uh, in the spring and summer, and in the fall it's, and winter it hardens into these, um, they're almost seed like pods. seed pods, yeah, that you take and obviously you smash up for the, for the spice. For some reason I thought you were going to say put in your mouth and crack with your teeth. I was like... I mean, you can, but why would you? <laughs> a lot of spice. <laughs> that sure is a lot of spice. <laughs> um, <Hold on. laughs> and uh, something that I put in my page, just because it's specific to my interests, um, I struggle with uh, making pie crusts that are diabetic friendly and also taste nice. Um, and sometimes it will taste like diet pie crust. So I use a mix of um, butter, allspice, and agave nectar. And slowly mix that into my uh, flour to make a nice, albeit crumbly, <laughs> pie crust. Uh, it just doesn't hold, agave nectar just doesn't hold structure the way sugar does. I wonder if you could use some xanthan gum in it. That, I do want to try that. I just... We have packets. I know. Um, that's part of why I was so excited when you bought it. Because uh, I, I really want to try the xanthan gum and see if that'll help with the structure a little bit. I just don't know if that'll, like, sort of dilute the flavor. Because I don't know what xanthan gum tastes like. I have no clue. <laughs> I bought it and have not used it yet. We've got to try that. We've got to try that and a bunch of other stuff we got. Uh... But yeah, check here for grimoire tips and, I don't know, pie, gr pie crust. Pie crust. <laughs> pie crusts. Diabetic pie crust uh, recipes, I guess. Um, if anyone is interested in making a diabetic-friendly pie crust with agave nectar and you want measurements, I don't have them. <laughs> <laughs> I've literally never used a measurement for pie crust in my life. Use a whole stick of butter. Whole stick of butter. Uh, just a shit ton of agave nectar. Some some allspice. Uh, nutmeg, too, sometimes. And then throw flour at it till it sticks together. Yeah, till it looks like pie crust. And if you've <laughs> never made pie crust, I'm sorry. I can't help you. <laughs> we, we were taught how to make oh. pie crust by our grandmother, and she didn't use measurements. She just showed us how to make it. Uh, and so that's now how we make everything. <laughs> anyway, um, that's my small spotlight on allspice. Um, overall, it's a pretty significant uh, herb to have at your disposal. Really easy and not super expensive to find. Um, and it's it's great for cooking, too, so it's just a good thing to have in your cabinet. I love allspice. It's very good if you put a little bit of it in your coffee grounds. Hmm. Mm -hmm. It's tasty. <laughs> Might be having some of that in the morning. Heck yeah. Heckin' yes. Heckin' yes. <laughs> uh, and any warming spice, like allspice, um, can be used uh, symbolically in a recipe or something, if you do kitchen witchcraft or uh, anything like that, to bring warmth and love into a situation. All right. That's all I got for you. <laughs> Thank you. That was lovely. <laughs> we'll be back with a segment from Nettle. Yeah, yes, yes, we will. I totally forgot. 
it's um it's a book review and I, the only reason I want to talk about it really quick before we switch is because I'm gonna be honest I didn't listen through the entire thing I skipped through it a little bit but I'm gonna listen to it in its entirety later on um at some point she refers to um the over harvesting of white sage because it's talked about in the book mm. I've also seen people talking about how that's bullshit and not real so I don't know <laughs> do you know I don't okay I haven't really looked into it yet I need to. <laughs> I just haven't yet. Yeah. Um, if you are worried about over-harvesting of white sage, it's not hard to grow in your kitchen. So. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, I, I grew a bunch of herbs back in high school, and I've just never done it again. And it was super easy, and we had a shit ton. Nice. Uh, St. John's wort is also, it grows like a weed. <laughs> I mean, it might technically it be a, a weed. weed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Done with this segment, moving on to Nettles. Hey guys, Nettle here with another book review. Today I'm going to talk about Grove Daughter Witchery, by Practical Spellcraft by Bree Nick Guerin. Uh, Nick Guerin's book is pretty sweet. Uh, I actually heard about it because I've seen, I've seen, uh, well I saw reviews of it, but I've also seen reviews of some of her other books. She has a book of spellcraft, yeah, spellcraft that she worked on with another person who I'm so sorry her name's or their name is escaping me right now um but it it's based on in fairy tales essentially I went with this one first uh, even though that one is that one does hit a lot of things I'm interested in I read this one first because a lot of the the excerpts I'd seen from the other had a lot to do with love spells and I didn't read them in depth so I can't give you a lot of information about it but it sort of turned me off from it uh, after reading this one, and I'll get into that a little bit later, uh, I am probably going to look into the other book as well, because I feel like it's probably got a different... I think it goes at love spells differently than I initially thought when I decided not to read it. Uh, with Grove's Daughter's Witchery, I specifically decided to read it because I had like I had a small credit to get an ebook, and so I only had to pay a couple bucks for it. Um, but also because I'd recently read a review where people were talking about how this one is actually a very, very secular book about witchcraft, um, which can be hard to find because even when things aren't specifically, um, religious based or, pra or a specific practice based, a lot of the times they'll still sort of dip into different religions or practices specifically. So it ends up being less secular and more following guidelines from from something else I, I know i see that a lot with witchcraft books and wicca uh where the book won't specifically be about wicca and it won't even be really trying to be about wicca but it'll pick up practices from wicca and treat them like they're they're hard and fast rules um grove's daughter's witchery really doesn't do that uh what Nick Garen, sorry. What Nick Garen does is she discusses different things you can do. She gives you some stuff. Um, she provides her own spells and um, recipes. I, I never know what to call it when you're putting something together. Uh, her own recipes for different things. Um, and she, she includes quite a large variety. Um, let me go about it in oh sorry. Let me go about it in order and I'll get I'll get to that. Uh, I really like how she starts off. Um, she's she offers advice uh to beginning witches uh one of my favorite parts is definitely understanding a, a practical knowledge of the world in addition to magical theory so that you know how to use the things you're using her suggestion is uh quote 
gain an understanding of basic biology, chemistry, and physics, develop a base of practical knowledge in addition to, I already said that, uh, and it doesn't have to be encyclopedic, encyclopedic, you just need a basic understanding of how things work in the physical sphere in order to work efficiently in the metaphysical one, uh, end quote. Uh, and sorry, because I, I definitely fucked that quote up, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> Uh, which is, it's good advice. It is good advice to know what you're working with and, know, like, know what the materials you are, what they do, and their properties. Um, give me a sec. She does also remind people to research for themselves. And if you feel uncomfortable or unsure of something you see someone else talking about, be sure to look into it and make sure that it, that it, it, well, that it is based on reality, um, make sure it's not something that's being misinterpreted. And I mean, even if it isn't, you're not comfortable with it, don't work with it. You know, it's it's your it's your life and it's your craft, so you should do with it what you want to do. So I'm just skipping through real quick. She does have a lot about you know being respectful and you know being aware of other people. Um, she talks a lot about uh, cultural appropriation. And why, you know, why it's bad, because it is. Um, it's bad to just take something very culture-specific and use it however you feel. Um, and she does she does go into a lot of, like, I, she goes into a lot of alternatives that aren't cultural appropriation. Um, let me get to that part, actually. Actually, before I go back to that, I did want to talk about, she does talk about fire safety a lot. Uh, there's a lot in witchcraft with burning or using open flames, and not not always because you don't always have to. And I mean, in there's sometimes when you can't, and you've just got to use other other tools. Um, but she does talk a lot about you know being aware of fire safety, being careful, not you know setting setting anything on fire, and you know watching out for both yourself and your animals and your children if you have children. Just being careful. She does talk about using flameless LED candles at times, um, or. If you need something to burn for a certain amount of time, but you don't have a place where you can burn it safely, there's a lot of apps and websites where you can burn a candle for various reasons, and sometimes you can even set them to burn for a certain amount of time. Her suggestion is, like, if you need it to burn for a certain amount of time, leave it open on your phone. Uh, one of my favorite quotes was definitely, in all things, practical, safety, and common sense before any kind of symbolism or aesthetic. While it's definitely definitely fun to work in symbolism and aesthetic into witchcraft definitely be safe and use your brain she also does a lot of talking about herbs and like what you can do with them and there's a lot of like alternatives like if you want to if you want to burn something but you don't want to burn um go back and see if she says which one it was Okay, where there's been a lot of over-harvesting of white sage, she gives some alternatives of other other things you can burn. Um, she also talks a lot about, like, if you if you need herbs or anything to burn or to, to grind up and use, um, she talks about different ways to get them. Because you can, you can go somewhere and you can buy some. You can go to a, a metaphysical shop. You can go and grow it yourself. Um, you can also, and this I feel really stupid for never thinking of, you can, def you can go to a grocery store. Um, and depending on the availability, sometimes you can buy different herbs and just take them home and dry them and then use them for what you will, um, which I feel so stupid because I see them in the grocery store all the time, but I never think about it. 
she all oh, sorry i'm going through real quick to make sure i'm not skipping anything she goes through a lot of alternatives for things and like what different properties of different things she's got a really nice section at the not quite the end of the book but close to the end of the book where it's just a list of herbs and plants and like their different properties and like the different things they're associated with she also has an entire section on color magic and just like the different associations based on color and to go ahead, since we're already talking about the end of the book, and skipped a little forward to, uh, she has a goddamn index in her book. And I know that's not something I should be excited about, but none of the other books I've read so far have an index. Like, to be fair, I think, I know with the tarot book that I reviewed, there's not really a point for an index because the cards, you just go through and you find the card. But, like, some witchcraft books just don't have an index and it's kind of hard to find things later if you if you don't... If you don't have it marked or bookmarked or like where I've been buying a lot of things digitally, partially for space, partially so it's easier to hide. Uh, if I don't remember to mark something, I can't go back and find it. Uh, it's just crazy. She also has a great section talking about uh, spiritual spiritual attacks and like being interacted with with spirits or ghosts. And how, and she goes into a lot of like misconceptions about that because, like, you know, dabbling into witchcraft, if you're not doing any spirit work, is not going to automatically attract any spirits to you. It's actually very unlikely to because you're not calling up any spirits or working with them. Now, mind you, if you are doing spirit work, you are more likely to have spirits interact with you and come, come to you. So you're definitely going to want to be uh, safe and just, you know, watch out for yourself. Uh, in case of anything, just always protect yourself and ward yourself. Um, and always, <sighs> Galena would be the best person to talk about this section. But definitely, you know, definitely just be aware of what you're calling for and just be specific. Just so, you know, you don't get whoever. Um, and before I get back to cultural appropriation, I wanted to go to why I'm more likely to read her other book. Um, even though it has a lot of love magic in it. She's got a very, very clear stance on love magic and how she feels about it. Her specifics of it are you really need consent because it's not consensual if you don't have consent. So if you and your lover want to do a love spell, that's very different from putting down a spell and saying that I want so-and-so to fall in love with me or I want so-and-so to look at me in, in a romantic light. Um, she does have some stances that I'm not... I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this, uh, which which isn't like anything against her. I just don't know how I personally feel about it. She does talk about how if you're going to do a love spell and it's not with somebody specifically who you have their consent for, uh, doing sort of a general love spell requesting love uh, is, is a good way to go about it uh, because you know, specifically trying to sort of make somebody fall in love with you, that's kind of shitty, but sort of just also being like, you know, I, I'm interested in a lover. How does she do it? She talks about it from her method that she likes is from the Practical Magic movie where you just put in the qualities that you'd like instead of specifying a party. That, I don't know. I don't, I'm so sorry because it's just, it's just because I'm weird about this because I just don't know how I feel about it because a lot of, I agree that if you're not specifically trying to influence someone specific, that that's good. And definitely getting someone's consent before you do this kind of thing is best. The sort of in general one, um, I'm always going to be weird about that. I'm so sorry. I just am. If you're into that, 
go for it. If you're not, you're you're on you're with me, I guess. You're just stuck with me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. She does also talk about consent a little bit with uh, healing magic. Uh, don't if someone isn't into magic or doesn't give their consent for you to sort of cast a healing spell on them definitely be wary because you could you could um where it's not consent and you're putting it on another person it 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 isn't great her stance is basically it probably won't work as well because they didn't give their consent but also um it's if it's for them they should they should get to choose whether or not it's done now she does have a uh, she does mention that if somebody wants you to do something like you know send a prayer up or send uh, send nice thoughts or something like that you can do that without specifically turning it into healing magic and just sort of send good vibes their way and I feel like that's a good that's a good stance move this on and she did talk about uh, hexing people uh, her stance is that. There's not a wrong, there's not wrong magic, basically. Um, if you are going to do something like that, you are going to want to take some time to also protect yourself. You know, just, just do some protections. Wear, uh, her suggestions are things like wear gloves and wash your hands and just be specific with your intent. She does also talk about covens and solitary practice um, because sometimes there are some misconceptions you have to be in a coven. I really like how she goes into that because specifically she talks about things like just because you work with someone else doesn't automatically mean you're in a coven. If you want to be in a coven, that's perfectly fine. Just, you know, be clear and, you know, everybody, everybody know and agree. But yeah, if you, if you work with somebody else and then they try and tell you you have to be in a coven with them, you don't, uh, they can't make you. And you can always practice witchcraft on your own if you're more comfortable or if you're in a situation where you can't really reach out and, and create a coven. Uh, there's nothing wrong with practicing alone. Me. And she did interest. She did interest. She did introduce some concepts that I've not heard of before, which is not unusual. I haven't heard a lot of a lot of things. Um. Which sorry, because as I was going through that, I skipped over. Uh, sometimes your spells don't work, and she goes into that. And what spells do is they help imbue and enhance the probability of something. So sometimes they don't work and then sometimes um, there's not really much you can do about it. Sometimes you need to, sometimes you can work on it again. You can uh, tweak your intent or try something new or try something different because sometimes it's just not quite the right spell. Sometimes you just have to take a step back and do your own, do your own work towards it because if you spend all your time doing spellcraft towards something but not doing the rest of the work, it won't help. Uh, she does, because she does, she writes her own spell. She she breaks down different ways to create your own spells and then just to make sure to record it so that, you know, if you if it works well, you can use it again. Um, and she goes into some specifics on how to do different types of spell work. And sorry, I'm just skipping through real quick because I'm trying to get back to... With the cultural appropriation, she talked about... Uh, Dream catchers, because dream catchers are cultural appropriation that a lot of people like to do. <clears throat> uh, she, her suggestion, let me just skip ahead, I'll get to it. 
there we go, is a witch's web. Um, rather than being a dream catcher, it's... Honestly, this is the first time I've heard of one, so I'm actually getting pretty confused. Um, you... Let me pull back. You, you can use a wooden embroidery hoop, and basically you can use um, embroidery floss or another type of string and just create a witch's web without it being a dream catcher. And then you can imbue different intents into it. Um, I like the idea of it. Uh, I can see aesthetically why she would link it with a dream catcher. Uh, I definitely think it's a nice... It, it's something good to suggest rather than having somebody just take another culture's, uh, culture's thing. Uh, what I was talking about that she introduced me to also, in addition to the witch's web, is puppets. Uh... <laughs> Which, from what she talks about, typically they're thought of as, like, voodoo dolls, because you can use it when you're hexing someone. But you can also pour synthetic magic into it. You can, um, you can do healing magic. You can use it as a scapegoat to help negate harmful things being directed your way. Um, and she goes into different ways to make them, because you can make them... Her suggestion is to make small, small cloth dolls, clay models, or paper cutouts. And then her suggestion is just to buy, uh, basically, children's molding clay. Because uh, depending on where you get it, you can get some for very, very cheap. Uh, let me see real quick, so I'll make sure I'm not skipping anything. Do, 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 do. A pretty big section of her book is just different things you can do and how you can do them, which is nice. Uh... She also brought up witch balls, which I've never heard of before, but essentially it's something you can fill with herb, herb magic, um, but also use as a decoration. Uh, her suggestion is to use one of those fillable plastic ornaments. Uh, the ones I, when, when I read that, I assume she means the ones you can get around um, the winter season for like Christmas and stuff where you're supposed to, I, I guess, buy them and then make stuff with children. Um, and then she just gives a lot of examples of different things you can make and different intents you can pour into them. Um, she is also very clear throughout the book about how these can definitely help, but be sure to, you know, um, seek professional advice in some situations, especially for an ongoing issue or something that you experience a lot, anxiety, um, fear, those sorts of things. Like if it's, it's definitely good to have something to help calm you down and get through a situation, but it's also, it's also important to be sure you're taking care of yourself. So, you know, if you're, if you only suppress it and you don't ever actually deal with it, it can, it can cause problems later. So I'm just skipping through everything real quick because she does she it, it's a really nice little little book because it's got a lot of different suggestions on things to do it goes into how to do different things um, at one point she talks about grinding herbs and she's she gives a suggestion for if you don't have time or if you physically can't just stand around and grind herbs um, there's a coffee grinder or she suggests coffee grinders because there's some electric ones you can get and the one she talks about uh, I think it was Hamilton Beach uh, she said it markets for typically under about $30, and then she goes into just the care of it, because you do have to let it rest between grindings, and you do have to clean it out with uh, with just dry material, because if you, if you clear it out with water, it can break it. Um, 
which actually, while I'm skipping through this, let me just talk about her tone throughout the book. It's very professional, um, which is nice. Uh, It's the kind of tone I would expect from this type of book. Um, It's also not filled with jargon. (laughs) So it's professional, but it's very readable. Um, Anytime she does use, you know, which specific word, she does explain what it is. She does go into it. Um, and, And not even like in a oh, well, we're doing this, so let me tell you exactly what it is. And she's like, no, this is a poppet, and this is basically what it is. You know what? That made no sense what I just said. Uh, Instead of, like, like, sometimes if you're talking to, if I'm talking to someone, I won't put this on you guys. If I'm talking to someone and I say a word and they don't quite understand, I'll just interchange it with another word without really explaining it. And in a lot, in, in verbal speech, that usually works pretty well. In written word, I really appreciate that she doesn't just go, oh, it's a, a poppet or a voodoo doll. It's a, it's a poppet, which is most commonly thought of as a voodoo doll for uh, hexing. And then she goes on to explain how else it can be used and what it is. And that sort of thing. Just like if she's going to use a word that someone might not know, she does explain it. Uh, she does have a disclaimer at the beginning of her book about how when she talks about commonly available things, she's doing it based on her knowledge of her area. And it may vary from place to place. Um, I'm trying to think real quick. She includes a lot of her own spells, which I, I mentioned before, and she I just love the variety of them. Because uh, with the with the witch balls, there's just a ton, a ton of available options. Um, she does include little stories here and there on why she created some of the spells, which I enjoy. Uh, she has a punish a thief curse that she put in that she created because someone stole her credit card information and then used it to buy a lot, uh, a lot of things in the over the course of the day before she was able to cancel it. Uh, let me see. Oh, she does in her section on on plants. And then going over them, she does note which ones can be dangerous and which ones uh, to avoid specifically if you're pregnant. Um, she actually, she has a, a key and then she has them marked throughout the chapter. And that key reappears each time you get to a new section about the plants. She also includes online resources, um, which look at them real quick. Typically, they're stores. Um, they're stores where you can buy witchy stuff. Uh, she has a little description of them, which is very nice. And it goes into basically just what they are and what they do and her experiences with them. Um, She also includes a bibliography and recommended reading so that if you like some of what she's talking about, you can follow up with some some other things, Um, which I love. And the index. Uh, I already talked about that, so we're not going to talk about it again, but I love it. And that's all you need to know about it. Um, and that's basically it. Honestly, from the books I've read so far, I would, if, if, if this sounds good to you, I would definitely suggest getting it, getting it. And you can, um, I actually follow the author on Tumblr. Um, you can check her out on her Tumblr cause she does offer deals if, or deals. Uh, sometimes you can get the books a little bit cheaper if you buy it directly from her than rather than from a real ta- real realtor, realtor. That's not the right retailer. Goodness. One of those words. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, if you like her, you can check her out. Um, honestly, I have a digital copy of this book. I might look into getting either a physical copy or physical copies of all of her books. Because I feel like that would be a little a little easier to mark and, and flip through. 
Uh, but if you like digital, like this, it, it's formatted well. It's formatted very well. Um, it's not it's not hard to read. It's easy to get around. Um, I just really physically like holding one page of an index and then going back to look at another thing. Um, but that's that's it for this book. I love it. Uh, so if you if you want to read it, go for it and have a great day. Welcome back. Uh, so once again, we're going to do a cryptid highlight rather than talk about a spooky story. Um, once again, if you have any spooky stories, let us know. We'd love to share them. Only if you want to share them, though. <laughs> anyway. They might be private. <laughs> I mean, if you just want to talk about it and you don't want it on the podcast, I'm fine with that, too. Um, but we were going to talk about Mothman today because he's really popular on the Internet. Uh, he is near and dear to most of our hearts he's a he's depicted as a, a pretty cuddly boy on the internet <laughs> if you've ever been to the home of mothman point pleasant west virginia that statue does not look like a cuddly boy <laughs> that statue has such such a well-defined ass it has a beautiful sculpted metal ass i feel like there's not enough information on the internet about mothman's ass i feel like i need to go through my picture archives from that the last time we went, we took our, our trip to the Mothman Festival. Because mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I took pictures of his ass. By the way, if you don't know, there's a Mothman Festival in Point Pleasant, West Virginia every year. In September, October. It changes a little from year to year. Yeah, it usually depends on what's going on with all the vendors. Because um, it's kind of a small time thing. Um, and let me tell you, there's not a lot. No. <laughs> um, it's mostly like, uh, there's local music, um... There's usually some local cryptozoologists doing uh, segments. <laughs> you want to just go listen to some wild ass shit? Go listen to them. Mm -hmm. Um, there's this wonderful man whose name I don't remember who wrote an entire book. Oh, I don't know his name either. I'm sorry. And I bought that book, and I read all of it, and I have to tell you, it was a struggle. <laughs> um, it was like, have you ever read Golden Age comics? Yeah. It was a lot like that. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he was so wonderful. And I don't, I don't know if that was my phone or not. I'm so okay. sorry. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember what the name of the book is either. I'll have to dig it up so you guys can know about it. Um, there's usually a couple people dressed as men in black wandering around as well as, uh, the Mothman costume. Which I think they they just retired the old one. It kind of looked like a vagina face. It really, it not kind of. <laughs> it one hundred percent looked like a vagina face. I think it's uh, hanging up in the Mothman Museum now. There's I, a museum. I think so. Yeah, there's a museum. I think it's like two or three dollars. You can walk around. I think it's like ten dollars now. Is it like ten dollars? Yeah. Oh wow. Um, it's been a little while. I think we also went when there was not a festival because we just happened to be traveling through that part of yeah of West Virginia. <laughs> and uh. I think it was like $10 to get in, but I buy a shirt every time we're up there, so. It's true. You can't have enough Mothman t-shirts. That's 100% true. Uh, then again, I feel like that for any cryptid. You cannot have enough cryptid t-shirts. There is this wonderful clothing company on Etsy. Oh, I don't remember what they're called, but like they make a whole bunch of cryptid shirts and patches and it's all about like uh, 
observe and conserve and things like that. It's really, it's really cool. Anyway, we should talk about the actual band, The Moth. I was going to say one more thing about the festival. Last time we went, we went and got a whole bunch of, like, fried Oreos and, like, Snickers and stuff like that. Oh, my God. And this person dressed up as an MIB kept, like, getting closer (laughs) and watching us. And I lost my shit. I could not stand it. It's fantastic. It was so creepy. The festival's also where you were approached by that psychic. Yes, it is. And almost every year, there's a man that that uh, almost said pitches a tent. Oops! Uh, there's a man who sets up a uh, a tent to display his creatures there, and he is called the Turtle Man. The Turtle Man. <laughs> and he has a giant alligator snapping turtle in a tank, and it's like murky water because that's what they prefer. Yeah. Uh, and there's a sign on it that says, "What is the beast?" <laughs> It's just his turtle boy doing turtle boy things. So the turtle man is easily like in his 40s. Well, by now, maybe in his 50s. Um, And the first time we went as a group to the Mothman Festival and Sage was with us. Mm. Um, With you and me, that is. Uh, Oh, gosh. You guys were like 13. Yeah, we were real young. Turtle man hit on Sage. Hardcore. It was gross. Don't approach the turtle man on your own. No. Uh, his existence is hilarious, but also creepy. Ooh. Anywho. Anyway, sorry. Now, to the actual man. The man, the myth, the moth. Yes. I I have to give credit for that to Galena, because she said that to me, and I have not been able to shut up about it. <laughs> um, but he appeared in... What year was it? Do you remember? I don't know. I think it was like 65 or 66. I just remember it was the 60s. He appeared in the 60s. He was spotted um, continuously for a couple months leading up to a a tragedy. And that was the collapsing of the Silver Bridge. Um, The collapsing of the Silver Bridge was just awful. Uh, They sent divers to retrieve bodies. From the cars, yeah, because the, yeah. the bridge was full at the time. Yeah, it was cars. It was Christmas, and people were stuck on the bridge in traffic, and the bridge collapsed, literally full of cars. Um, I don't remember how many people died in the the it incident. It was a lot. It was a lot, um, and it's not a big town. No, <laughs> um, it's real small. Um, and they sent divers down to retrieve the bodies. Uh, and another myth. <laughs> They said that there were carp and catfish as big as, like, VW vans. Mm-hmm. And um, divers refused to go back down because they were afraid that they would start coming after them. Um, I I had a teacher that used to do diving uh, in uh, a river fairly close to there, um, back when they lived in that area, who said that they bumped into catfish that big Ooh. on the bottom of the river. So, you know... And catfish can get to crazy sizes. <clears throat> um, but no, it's, it's the way they talk about it is horrible. Like they said, uh, Christmas presents were popping up because they were full of air. They were popping up on top of the river. Oh, God. Yeah, like it, it was it was horrible. And Mothman was seen on the bridge before it collapsed. Uh, there's a lot of debate as to whether Mothman caused the collapse and if he was you know, the vicious, horrible creature that wanted to see death of humans or if he was a harbinger. Well, there's two thoughts to that. People think that he is, you know, the revenge monster of the oh, Indian tribe that was slaughtered there. Yeah. They think he was the revenge. 
because it, it was. It was 100 years later, wasn't it? I don't know the exact amount of years. It was supposed to be 100 years or 200 years or something like that. And it, it was very close to that amount of time. Maybe it wasn't exact, but it was very close. You did a lot of research. <laughs> it, it's parts of the Mothman myth that I've known <laughs> through through life. Oh my god. That was completely my fault. Jeez, it keeps falling. I called it an apparatus earlier. It's an iPad. It's not very stable. Um, our recording apparatus fell again. I'm so sorry, guys. Uh, but he was spotted by a bunch of people leading up to the accident accident incident whatever um there were some <laughs> kind of drunk teenagers uh out in nitro there was uh, an older couple a man and his son um i think all in all it was a out nitro yeah the tnt area you mean listen <laughs> they're both named after explosives how am i not supposed to mix them up well, they're really far away from each other. Are they? Yeah. How am I supposed to know this? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> um, this is somewhat local to, to us, by the way, if you guys want a hint <laughs> as to where we are located. Um, but just remember, in, in the U.S., where it's very large, we'll drive hours to get somewhere interesting. <laughs> so... So it's not that big of a hint. Uh, <clears throat> you can get anywhere in eight hours. I mean, that's true. <laughs> that's just true. Um, oh, gosh. Where was I? Um, I think all in all there were... Uh, this number might might not be right. I might not be remember that, remembering this correctly. But I think there were over 20 reports of seeing him before the bridge collapsed. Um, I don't remember the exact number, but I believe it was over 20. And I mean, you know, of course there's... Uh, hysteria that happens in an area like there is that one area in like a big city somewhere in the US where a bunch of people thought they saw a leprechaun <laughs> do you not remember that that's been recently like in the last like 10 or 15 it was years like yeah it was like the last 10 years or so um yeah they thought they saw it in the park or something yeah which I mean you know I'm not they saying could. they didn't uh but hysteria can do a lot yeah uh when you're primed to see something sometimes you'll just see it um but Mothman is, is a very, it's a very good myth because there's just so much mystery. There's a terrible movie <laughs> called, uh, the Mothman. Mothman yeah. The Mothman prophecies. Um, Oh God, what's that guy's name? Richard Gear. Richard Greer. Gear. Greer. Greer. Isn't it Greer? Gear. Is it Judy Greer? Yeah. You're thinking okay. of Judy Greer. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Just trust me when I say <laughs> Things will go so much smoother. <laughs> uh, there's an awful movie called The Mothman Prophecies featuring Richard Gere um, that I believe they actually shot in a motel in the area. I thought it was somewhere in Pennsylvania. I thought it was in the area because it looked real shitty. I mean, it may have been in the area, but I'm pretty sure they did not film at all in Point Pleasant. I West might be Virginia. wrong then. Um, and I'm not trying to insult Point Pleasant. I actually love Point Pleasant. It is situated beautifully on the Ohio River. The Ohio River? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I was itching. It's, you made a face, so for a minute I wasn't sure. Uh, they have a beautiful riverside park and amphitheater. Um, they have a, a quaint little downtown full of antique shops. 
Chicago? Is that downtown? It's the only part of the city I've ever been to. It's because of the Mothman Festival. I think that's the downtownish area. Okay. But I mean, it's suffering the same thing that most places in Appalachia are suffering from is the deindustrialization. So yeah, you know, states like West Virginia, uh, Kentucky, Virginia, and the Carolinas. Is it both the Carolinas? Well, no, they're doing really good because they've they've got a lot of like booming industries. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Um, like especially IT and stuff like that, but but you know they're just bleeding people because there's no jobs. Yeah, there's a, a lot of um, like manual production were done in those states, uh, including things like mining, um, and a lot of that's dying down. And I'm not like saying let's keep up with the mining. I'm just saying no, it's just nothing. Came nothing up. came in to replace it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know. Funnily, I saw something about how. Everybody from Appalachia is migrating out of Appalachia. And then Mothman was supposedly spotted. Was it like Minnesota or Wisconsin or something like that? Yeah, somewhere. Um, there... And they joke okay. about like how even he migrated out of the area. <laughs> well, there was one I watched on <sighs> Chasing Monsters or some bullshit show like that. Where uh, it was somewhere else in the U.S. that saw Mothman. They didn't even talk about Point Pleasant. Um, and all of the stories were carbon copies of the stories from Point Pleasant, just happened in a different state. Well, you know, he might like to fly alongside of cars. Well, I mean, it was like, like an old couple and a man and his son, and like, it was like the same exact thing. The same exact groups of people. Just <laughs> transplanted. I think they just, like, I think they just stole it, yeah. <laughs> I really do. Um... And uh, all of their newspaper clippings were from Point Pleasant, West Virginia. None of them were from that area. That's so funny. So I, I feel like they were just like, nobody's heard of Point Pleasant, you know? We can just say it's in Minnesota. And then I feel like he was seen somewhere big like Chicago. It may not have been Chicago, but I feel like he was seen in like a big city sometime recently in like the past year or so. I know he supposedly was seen in Huntington on top of one of their bridges. That's true, yeah. Because I saw a picture of that when I, when I looked him up. I look him up every now and then. Yeah. Just to see what the moth's doing. <laughs> what, what the moth's up to. Uh, a lot of embarrassing old pictures of me on the internet. <laughs> doing various things to the Mothman statue when I was a teenager. Uh, the statue's very strong. <laughs> It is. It is like not, super strong metal. You can climb up and lay in its arms. You're not really supposed to take pictures hanging off the Mothman statue, but if you do it when no one's around. Everybody does it. Everybody does do it. Um, but no, I, I do feel like there is like a, a large city that he appeared in sometime recently. Very probably. Yeah. Um, personally, I think he is a gentle soul trying to communicate with us. <laughs> that might be, come from my just absolute love for the moth. What do you He's believe? really big on the internet. He is. Like, I was super surprised at how many people love Mothman on the internet. What surprised me about that, even more so than Mothman, was the attention the, the Flatwoods monster was getting. Mm. Just because of, the, I guess, the local connection. Because uh, the Flatwoods monster is, I mean, Flatwoods, somewhere around in West Virginia. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, we had a collapse. Um, that was vague. <laughs> anyway, uh, there's really, there's not a whole lot more to talk about except for maybe that there is um, a creature spotted in Russia right before... Uh, Chernobyl? Yeah. 
have a scene that in looked uh, like Mothman. Yeah, looked just like Mothman. I don't remember what they called him something slightly different, but uh, the description was the same. Um, He's you know, just a world traveler. No neck, big red eyes. <laughs> big red eyes. Um, and he was seen in um, what's that little city called? Uh, Prip Prip Yes, thank you. Um. So I, personally, I don't think he's, <laughs> I don't think he's doing bad things. I think he's warning about bad things. Now, if he was in Chicago, maybe what was he, he just got a hard on for disasters maybe. and he likes to watch him. <laughs> but I was gonna say, if he if he was in Chicago, who knows what he was warning about? A lot of shit goes down in Chicago. <laughs> so, a lot of ganglands. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of shit going on in Chicago. So who knows? Who knows what the moth's doing? Uh. What disasters he's foretelling. <laughs> but I think that's all we have for you today. Tonight. This morning. Whenever, whenever. you're listening. <laughs> um, if you have anything you want to talk to us about, please reach out to us on any of our social medias. Um, Instagram at Witch Witch Podcast. Twitter at Witch Witch Pod. Uh, Tumblr at Witch Witch... Nope. <laughs> that's not how that works. Um, Witch Witch, Witch Podcast.tumblr.com um, our email is witchwitchpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we also have the Facebook group. Oh yes, that's true. Um, just search up which, which podcast, all one word, maybe. I don't know. Try it a couple different ways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it has been changed to a private group. Um, so you'll have to request, uh, to join us. And then I have to remember to check it and approve it. Because the other day I realized that I'd left some people waiting for approval for like a week or so. So that's fun. Um, anything else in that vein on how to like communicate with us? Instagram's probably your best bet to reach us. Yeah, we're on that the most often. Just because we do the daily card postings mm-hmm. most of the days. Most of the days. I didn't oh my do God. today. I pooped out so bad on my last week. Um, so I'm going to... I'm going to really try and buckle down hard oh, next we, time. We also are going to be doing the goddess challenge, the daily goddess challenge from Sunflower Teal. I remember talking about this, but um, I believe I was mostly asleep when, we, when we talked about this, so I don't remember much of it. <laughs> but yeah, we'll be doing that. <laughs> um, feel free to join us in that, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something we can invite them to join, right? Yeah, just hashtag goddess challenge, and I think uh, they've requested that you hashtag sunflower teal. That makes sense. <sighs> that's my phone again. Yeah, check out our Instagram. I'm going to make the first post on that. Uh, let's see, anything else we need to go over? Not that I can think of. Wonderful. Um, thank you guys so much for sticking with us this far. We're We're getting really close to a year mark. I think we're a couple months out. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I might have to check my dates. Maybe I'm real off. Like, maybe I it's say, in I June. We started in the summer. <laughs> we did, but we're getting close to the summer. Okay. It's like a couple months away. Okay. Spring doesn't last that long. Anyway. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for listening. If you have any requests, any stories, um, spells, or disagreements with us... <laughs> Let us know. Let us know. Drop a line. Send a voice recording. We'd love to feature some more of our listener voices. Um, I keep feeling like there's there's another thing that I want to say, and I just don't remember what it is. Uh, If I think about it, I'll put it on our Insta. All right. So I guess... This is farewell. 
Well, hold on. I have to creep you out. <laughs> Don't make that face. <laughs> uh, I'm the older sister. I'm supposed to do the creeping. Okay. Uh, I think I have one. Try to ignore the feeling that there's something just behind that half-open door. Was that good? Ugh. That's something that bothers me at night, so I thought it might be good. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Stay spooky. And keep your tits up.